What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 59. Here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? Oh, I'm in this like weird, weird world where there's no club football and I feel depressed. But there's also this like international football that like Kevin De Bruyne doesn't really care about that I mm. I'm having trouble processing right now. Now it's a weird thing, a purgatory we're in. But hey, football is football. It's been a good week. How are you doing? I'm doing very very well. And it's yes, it's a club. It's a Portugal day, so I'm hyped about that. And <laughs> Nations League. It's a it's the tournament that uh, Kevin De Bruyne said. It's not that important because it replaces friendlies. And I do understand. Mm -hmm. The man is tired, okay? It was a long season. <laughs> and because the best players are tired, teams like Belgium, England, mm -hmm. France, mm -hmm. Portugal, Spain, and Italy all didn't win their first round in the Nations League. So I understand why he's <laughs> he's a bit mad. So, yeah, a lot happened. A lot happened with I uh, yeah, I, you know, I understand too, but like there were other teams going up against them. If you take the Dutch versus Belgium or you take Denmark versus France, they had the same long season. But no, I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? In terms of how how congested the mm -hmm. fixtures are for these guys and how literally how just beat they must be. Yeah. Um, and then to be told, hey, you're going to play the first round of a tournament that isn't going to culminate in an ending for how many months. Um, True. Yeah. I, I, I think they, a lot of them had one foot in Ibiza uh, and, and, and one foot on the European continent, but um, ultimately wait, Ibiza is Europe. That, that was a dumb comment, but anyway, uh, nations league football, man, there were a lot of interesting results as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And um, all I got to ask you, I mean, more general before we go into the specifics is, um, was it just a mentality thing or is there cause for concern? Is there a, a changing of the guard mm. uh, amidst us right now with the Dutch <laughs> beating up on Belgium for the most part, with Denmark coming back against France? And, you know, a France that did have Mbappe, who mm -hmm. left, I believe, a little bit injured, uh, who did have Benzema, who scored a worldie in that game uh, before Denmark came back. Yeah. Uh, even Croatia, who, you know, I get it, right? Croatia isn't necessarily seen as a world power, even though they did make the final, you know? True. Um, Big up to Austria. Ral yeah. yeah, Ralph Rangnick. Come <laughs> on, man. Smile. So we can go into the specifics and, and talk about some of the, the great players in each one of them. But mm -hmm. the, the, the overarching question for me is, are things changing? Or is this this just like a one-off fixture congested congested week? Uh, they'll all snap back when it actually counts um, and, and they'll all bounce back. Well, the team that I'm concerned, France, I don't know with the curse in the World Cup if they will bounce back. I'm not sure, but rest assured that they have the players for that to happen. I am not yes. too worried, but I was always worried about <laughs> Belgium's chances for that World mm -hmm. Cup. But just keeping with France, Denmark, yeah. okay? Denmark is a team that I wanted to ask you, your chance, uh, what do you think are the chances for Denmark to be dark horses too in the World Cup? Because Denmark, yeah, unbelievable Euros, great team. Joaquin Meili, what a game by him. Cornelius scored two yep. goals too. So it's like really nice team overall. Denmark, a lot can happen with them. And I consider them a team rising, yes. 
but better yes, than France. Yes, yes. Aye, aye, aye. But Chouamani started for France too. So yes. every single yes, person that is watching the transfer market knows mm -hmm. that every single club wants Chouamani and Chouamani Kante was the midfield. So it was nice to see that. And the goal of Benzema was with a Beautiful. back heel, a beautiful back heel from Nkunku that we had mm -hmm. doubts if Nkunku was going to get an opportunity. And France seemed mm -hmm. to go with the goal and assist involvements, crazy goal involvements of Nkunku, Mbappe and Benzema front trio. Okay, that, yeah, it's yeah. guaranteed goals, as I said, and I'm, I'm hyped for that. But I think yeah. Konate, okay, Konate, mm -hmm. I just wanted to say this too. Konate ha uh, has finally been selected for France, but he comes as a replacement for Varane that is yeah. leaving entered. So it's good yeah. to see Konate there, but just not like that, okay? Konate deserves to be selected. And hopefully in the World Cup, he's there, okay? Locked yeah. in because he deserves well, to be there. I'll tell you what. I mean, we could go through the list of mm -hmm. center backs that France has at their disposal. And as we always have always said when we try and analyze France's prospects, mm -hmm. um, it's virtually impossible to know what 11 should be on the field at any given time. And mm -hmm. that is going to be the hardest thing for them because only two center backs, maybe three, depending on a strategy shift, uh, can play at a time. And, and, sure. and there's just too much depth of talent. Um, and, and that in time can probably cause you to overthink <laughs> certain things. Now, it's a good thing that if France are losing, they're losing right now. Right. And they, they, you hit the nail on the head. Denmark mm -hmm. is a team. And that's often what we said. Mm -hmm. And, and that Christian Eriksen insanity, right. That happened during the Euros, I think has only hardened this resolve and, and made this team much closer to where they are, mm -hmm. uh, literally just operating as a unit. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas France, I think, is doing the right thing. They are trying to inject some of this new quality into their setup and that's going to take time in fact let me let me see you know how many months is it until till cutter it's going to take that long for them to feel like they're they're humming again and oh by the way they have to keep everybody healthy but the silver lining you're absolutely right for france was ibrahima konate mm -hmm. gets his first call up which is shocking but uh well deserved and he should have been there in the first place uh but also you saw a little bit of Nkunko and what he can offer. Mm -hmm. you, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. But I do you, I do have to pause on Andreas Cornelius because mm -hmm. what a season this guy has had under the radar, right? Stresen Not Spore, many. Right? Yeah, he was at Trabs on Spore, which we, we all know won, right? <laughs> won the Super League. Yes. And he scored, I believe, 15 or 16 goals in that campaign. Um, am, I, am I saying you and I know everything about this guy? No. But ultimately, in an incredibly effective year, um, mm -hmm. Denmark, who has pretty serviceable strikers, Yusuf Polson and some mm -hmm. others that can, you know, do the job. Um, Cornelius got his 30 minutes to show what he could do, and he scores two goals, and uh, Denmark winds up winning. Mm -hmm. um, so I really do believe that if there is a year um, that they can use that Euro 2020 craziness uh, to their effects, to their team building effect. And I think Denmark's going to be one of the sleepers mm. heading into Qatar. Absolutely do. I don't think they can win it, but I think you could see something like a great quarterfinal, semifinal run, and it would not be that insane.
it would not be that insane to me. I like I like that suggestion. And yeah, I agree with you. France, it's good that they're hitting their problems right now. And the center backs too. So many options. And I want to hint to Arsenal fans. Calm down, okay? Saliba has said, has said that he's going to return to Arsenal, okay? And he said, I'm going to be back at this club and I'm going to prove myself because I still have zero games in the mm-hmm. locker. So, for a great club. So, Saliba seems convinced that he's going to play with Arteta. So, conversation between Arteta and Saliba has happened. And I think the second guarantee for Arsenal fans that they have to get is Gabriel to stay. Gabriel to stay. Yeah. But Saliba already there. Yeah, that's a player that I... If we're talking about France centre-backs, I see oh, that yeah. telefoot news. I, straight away, I remember about that. But yeah, no Champions League football, though, for him. He deserved that no. which with Marseille, yeah. but that didn't... But yeah, France, what are the contenders? Denmark, what are the dark horses? But there was a mm-hmm. tournament, an international tournament that happened. And we had a, a winner, a, a new winner, with Argentina beating 3-0... Italy that look it's not a good time for to be Italian in my opinion okay with football because these <laughs> results man okay me being Portuguese I just gotta yeah. say I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm a, I'm in a really good place going to the World Cup Cristiano Ronaldo can do magic okay seeing Messi doing that magic I'm sure a little tingling feeling is in his stomach but for sure. Italy man they have to bet on the future okay so Hey, it's not looking good for uh, for Italy, but Argentina, 32 games unbeaten, 32 yeah. games unbeaten. Argentina, oh my days! Uh, Argentina yeah. is looking scary. Messi is on a mission, okay, but hopefully Ronaldo is on a bigger one. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta say it right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, if Messi wants to win the World Cup, they better get that loss out of the way. <sighs> They better get that loss out of the way. They need a loss. They need it soon. <laughs> I don't I don't care if they schedule a game versus the Comoros or something and they lose but it I on do. purpose. They need yeah, fine, right? They need a loss before they head into this World Cup because the last thing you want to do is head into this World Cup uh seeming like you're unbeatable because those never work out. Do I have the specifics on it? They never work out. I mean, think about how many all-time undefeated teams there are uh, in many cases. Um, but then on the flip side, if there is a team that can do it, it likely is a team led by Lionel Messi. And man, was he electric in that game. He had his fingerprint, his footprints on everything. He had two assists. It was a, you know, a three-nothing, a three nothing, right, yep. blowout. Obviously a team they should have taken care of. Um, but yeah, mm. Italy from a mentality perspective, I can't even process. First off, I can't process what the players are going through. But more specifically, I can't process what the fans are going through. And I just have to ask, if there are any Italian fans that actually, you know, that are listening to us, and I know there are because I remember Euro 2020, (laughs) would you sacrifice, would you sacrifice on the altar uh, a Euro 2020 win, that Euro 2020 win, for the ability to be in this 2022 World Cup. I really would love to know that because I understand a trophy is a trophy, but eight years plus without playing any World Cup football, that is it's that a, is crazy. 
Oh my that is days. crazy. I think Jorginho's it, it, never played. Jorginho's never played in the World Cup, I think. Aye, aye, aye. Oh. So that's a um, legacy there that's being tarnished with yeah. Italy because, yeah, he won the Euros, but World Cup football, yeah. that's what everybody thinks. So for Italy, it's yeah. weird. It's weird. But uh, we've got a youngster that in five minutes, he wants mm -hmm. to change the Azuri's future and yeah. Gnocto, right? I think he should deserve a move to Serie A with that, right? Uh, Willie Nyonto, yeah. He's had a heck of a move, okay? He was he was at, I believe he was at Inter Milan mm -hmm. and yes. moved over to the Swiss Super League mm -hmm. uh, for game time, for game time. And I love I love this kid, and mm -hmm. I've been following him actually since, he's, since he made his debut or uh, maybe made the bench as like a 15-year-old. Um, I love this kid because he's tiny. Okay. If anyone sees me in person, they know I'm not a big person. I'm five foot six, which I don't know how to, what is, I don't know what they do over there. One meter, whatever, but I'm five foot six, right? I'm a tiny person. He is five foot three, five foot four. He's built like a tank, low center of gravity. Mm -hmm. He can move and, and he showed it. He had 15, 20 minutes to show it for Italy and he absolutely showed it. And uh, I really, he's only 18 years old and I really hope that, you know, Italy trusts this particular process. They did. They won a Euro 2020, but it doesn't get you to the World Cup. But this is where it starts, and this is what they got to think about. But I'll tell you what. Italy looked okay against Germany. They did. True. Right? True. Germany. I mean, they look uh, but Germany's that thing, you know, that you can never sleep on Germany. Because I, I was even looking at the rosters and me thinking mm -hmm. Portugal compared to Germany thinking oh we got a so much better team but i know the moment i sleep on germany i'm committing a mistake okay so they still have yeah. players like kimish there low-key oh, yeah. but yeah it, it was a 1-1 italy mm -hmm. italy germany but yeah it was i think that Gnoto was the highlight yeah uh, I think he was the highlight. Um, there were a couple other debuts that happened, but yeah, Nyanto is uh, is definitely, in my opinion, one to watch, one we've been covering quite a bit for some time. But mm -hmm. uh, in the end, Argentina, uh, Messi won his, what, 40th all-time trophy. Uh, and, and within, what, 10 minutes of the actual victory, I think Neymar trolled him, right, by saying, would they win the World Cup or something? Who cares? You know? Um, and so yeah, give it to Neymar for basically saying, hey, we're still the better team on the continent, even though oh, wait, they've got. Yeah, it's I, I want it personal. Mm -hmm. Come on. I mean, yeah. I want Neymar going at Messi's throat all the way up until, you know, if they meet in the final or they meet somewhere along the way, that is going to be absolutely epic. Facts. I mean, absolutely epic. Facts, facts. And with Argentina, but, just so I don't forget, with the finalissima. Mm. Yes, Messi, the star. Everything happens through him. But mm -hmm. I got to say, Lautaro Martinez looked very mm. good in my opinion. And we, I, I, was, I, was, I always had that doubt of when Aguero goes, who's going to be that guy? Because Higuain was never that guy. Tevez, yes, played well. But Higuain <laughs> was the player I would always think. I always thought he would do so much better with Messi. And Lautaro, yeah. I think, he is... Taking the points and two other players too. Clean sheet for Argentina because they have Emiliano Martinez in goal and they have Cuti Romero in the center back. Okay. For yes, me, sir. Cuti Romero is one of the players. No, Cuti Romero is definitely one of the reasons why Tottenham is in the top four. And next yeah. season, 
Conte, when he does that planning, it's for Cuti Romero in that centre-back being one of the key roles of that team. And for Argentina, if they're mm. going to win the World Cup, it's with these two players carrying at the back, Emiliano Martinez sure. and Cuti Romero. Cuti. So Absolutely. Uh, and and, and Cuti, Cuti, I don't know. We, we should probably do a list at some point. Mm. But uh, if there was a centre-back that I would least likely to see in fr- I, I would least want to see in front of me on a breakaway. Obviously it wouldn't be a breakaway then, Whoa. but anyway, if I had to go one V one, okay. Cuti mm-hmm. Romero would be last on my list that I would want to face because that night. guy looks, he looks at you like he, he will, you're not, you're going to die. If you True. try to pass me, you're going to die. Right. True. It's that simple. True. Um, and that, that is a guy that you're going to, obviously you're going to want him disciplined in the world's cup. <laughs> Um, but he is uh, every bit of uh, a, a potential legendary center back for fuck, Argentina. Fuck he's true. not there yet, but he's fuck, every bit that. Fuck, and he's learning there with Otamendi. What a leader, mm-hmm. too. At Benfica, he's doing really good. And I got to say, too, last player from Argentina. And for me, for me, one of the most underrated players in the last decade is Angel Di Maria, okay? And this is another player. If Argentina win the World Cup, is with a, sh- surely with a high involvement of Di Maria because he's always there for Messi, scoring those key goals and moments, those those I those movements going forward. Copa America. If Di Maria wasn't yeah. there, Copa America mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened for Argentina. So I think totally. if the World Cup happens too, it's with Di Maria saying that it will happen. So this is another yeah. player. I think he's the number two in importance in that Argentina team because he makes things happen, okay, just like yeah. Lionel Messi. Di yeah, Maria. Di, Di Maria, uh, he's a he's a shows-up-in-the-finals merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the type of guy that he'll be quiet for their group stage games or something, but then when it hits a semifinal and they need a hero or they, it hits the final and they need a hero, Di Maria will show up. So PSG this, take notes. PSG take yeah, notes. Like what? Um, it, 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 and then also you have to think about it this way. It almost, it, it does kind of seem like a last hurrah, right? Mm-hmm. For a Di Maria, for yes. a, for maybe not for a Messi, who knows, but it kind of seems like it. Maybe it we'll see. Um, yeah. So you got to think that, that Argentina, um, whether they head into it still unbeaten or not, though mm-hmm. I hope that they don't head into it unbeaten. Uh, Argentina is going to, Throw everything they can at winning this final. It's literally whether or not they overthink it to the point of, um, I don't know, para- paralysis, uh, whatever. Uh, but the finalissima. Worth towards yeah. Messi. That's for sure. And yeah, now yeah. We're just on Brazil, because I just want to say a thing here or there for Brazil. Sure. It's Neymar. Yeah. You said it. Neymar against Messi. I completely agree. That is what Neymar has to ambition, okay? And yeah. two. Neymar is 30. Neymar is mm-hmm. 30. Bra- Brazil has ev- has is in the best form I've I've seen Brazil in the last 4 years. Yeah. They got Tite, a great coach for Brazil too. Like Neymar, yeah. it's now or never. Okay? You are 30. The World Cup is in the end of the year. You only have like I think it's 160 days work mm-hmm. every single day. So you have an enormous and beautiful legacy, okay, by winning yeah. a World Cup. Because if Neymar wins the World Cup, 
That's the moment yeah. Neymar says to the world, I'm dropping the mic and I'm a legend now. I am a legend. Yeah. And he justifies all those years being behind Messi and Ronaldo by winning the World Cup for Brazil. He will be talked for all his life. I'm not saying he won't be if he doesn't get the World Cup, but if he gets yeah. it, he will definitely be talked differently. Differently. Yeah. In the same sentence as Pelé, as the same sentence as Socrates. No, he's bigger. But you know what I mean? Ow. He's like yeah. the big, big legend. So Well, you know, and it's... It, it's it's been a while. like South South America in the World Cup has um mm -hmm. it, it's kind of for the continent too because South America in the World Cup hasn't exactly lit the world on fire in the last twenty years or so and um, Europe too. definitely has the upper hand so and, it, it's and and when I see Brazil is like beforehand I'd say oh you got Neymar now you say oh mm -hmm. they got Vinicius Junior coming up they okay. got like even like Bruno Guimarães coming off the bench for me. Like, for me, Bruno Guimarães should start ahead of Fred in that Brazilian <laughs> national team, okay? So it's like, they're still building towards Anthony. Okay, he's on and the bench. Rafinha started. Rafinha yeah. started. Look at, look at all yeah. these options. Martinelli. So yeah. Brazil, bring Brazil a ton of options. And that's another thing, too. That's another thing, too. Neymar has an amazing supporting cast amazing supporting cast and he is the star of the show and they all accept Neymar as the star of that Brazil national team so now is the moment again bought a Neymar go bold <laughs> yeah but uh, absolutely now now is the moment but I don't know all those names that you said there are incredibly promising they're incredibly <laughs> promising but this is not a redux. This is not a redux of Romario, mm -hmm. of Babetto, of early days Ronaldo. This is not a redux of that yet. And that will be the most interesting thing is who steps up. Because mm -hmm. while Rafinha is great, Rafinha also was sucked into a relegation battle for Leeds United. We know he's better than that particular level, mm -hmm. but ultimately it's whether or not, you know, he he gets it done on the world's biggest stage and man oh man is that closing in quickly um but before we move on from the finalissima and talking about brazil as well uh you mentioned a name in there right you mentioned carlos tevez and we should say goodbye to a legend if he's actually stepping aside which it oh. sounds like he is um yeah after the death of his father recently hey. he just said hey i've i've lost i've lost my best friend i've lost my biggest fan and I believe he's hanging up his boots at the age of 38. So, uh, you know, got to say goodbye to uh, a, a legend there. What um, a legend. Carlitos Tevez, yeah. man. I remember growing up, seeing West Ham getting him. I was like, what's <laughs> happening over here? And he was yeah. a Corinthians, right? So with Kia yeah. at the time when mm -hmm. he got Corinthians. Oh, man. So what an amazing, amazing career. An amazing but, career. City legend and United legend. Carlitos oh, Tevez. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's head, let's head back to uh, Europe for a little bit because um, there were a couple, right? A, a couple of these results, and we don't need to talk about the specifics of the results, but you mentioned one at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. That Belgium is one of those ones where, like, <laughs> it's, it's now or never, right? We look at Belgium's prospects for the future, and it's bright. But is it as bright as... De Bruyne was as Lukaku was when they were coming through, nope. right? Dries Mertens. And, no, it's not. It's not that bright. I would not call this next generation a golden generation for them at all. Mm -hmm. And right now you're starting to see cracks in that. Now, 
if De Bruyne went into that game or, or a lot of those guys went into that game against the Dutch uh, feeling the same way Kevin De Bruyne did, mm-hmm. that explains a lot, right? Uh, but the Netherlands, I think if there's one thing that that game did, it shows that the Netherlands has to be taken seriously heading into this. And they've been waiting a long time for this, um, much like Italy waited to make their statement at Euro 2020 and then failed beyond that. But much like they did, the Dutch are ready to get back to the (laughs) world's biggest stage, right? They are ready to show something. But I am a little surprised. I am a little surprised at who is in the end leading the charge because you and I, while we like Memphis Depay, you and I are not exactly shouting at the rooftops saying like Memphis Depay is a legend. And yet, are you ready for this Mm. with his brace against Belgium in a four, one win, he becomes the third all time leading scorer in Dutch history. Whoa. I mean, like that's, that's above Dennis Bergkamp. That's above uh, Patrick Clever, right? These what? are not names. Yeah, he's one away from Huntelaar, okay? So Huntelaar. he is already, <laughs> he is already, uh, come on, man, ruthless finisher. <laughs> Even if he's not world-class in other places, sure, at his sure. best, he was, he was a ridiculous finisher. But Memphis Depay, I don't know. I mean, are we not putting enough respect on his name? I, I think that's, that's true. It is true, but it's just because... He had one of those careers that we expected, a bit like Neymar. He had a okay. ton of potential, a ton of potential, mm-hmm. leaving PSV to that seven number with United. All all eyes on me, you know what I mean, with yeah. the line at the yeah. back, the pie. <laughs> I just feel like uh, for the Netherlands, we might see yeah. something special still happen. I think that's a good highlight you're doing, but at a club level, Barca needs to sell him to get those 20 million. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what uh, that's. Uh, I, but I feel you. I feel where you're coming from, though. For for yeah. for the Netherlands, I do think he slept too. I do think yeah. he slept. And considering that I say Barca too has the decision for that buy, they had the decision mm-hmm. too for Frankie. And Frankie in that game played yeah. in a role that I remember seeing him playing at Ajax more, okay? He had a lot more freedom. He dictated the tempo in midfield and not Busquets mm-hmm. like at Barca. And he enjoyed that. He seemed fitted for the mold at, 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 with Netherlands, with the national team. So okay. seeing Frankie at his best made me think, you know, he's leaving. <laughs> Warned yeah. by FC Wonder, by us, like since yeah. November. Since November, yeah. I've been saying that Frankie's going to go. So it's like, yeah, it's got to happen. If not earlier. You said it, I think, before the uh, the financial uh, hailstorm happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of part of me really mm-hmm. does want to see him at United. The issue is, is uh, the issue is, is he's taking a step. <laughs> it's weird to say, but he is, he's taking a step down um, doing that. Um, mm. So you know, if that happens, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the young, I mean, all the pieces here are in place. It's just, it is weird to me and not to like push FDJ aside for a second, but mm-hmm. Depay, right. There is a very good chance. In fact, I'm not even going to say there's a chance. There is almost a certainty that Memphis Depay ends his career in an Aranja shirt uh, as the all time leading goal scorer in Dutch history. Okay. Um, that is, 
How many is goals? weird for me. To... Yeah, uh, I believe it's like uh, 51 maybe. He's got like 41 or 42 right now. Mm. So he needs nine or 10 more. Okay. And he will. I forget who's at the top, and I really should know. Lucky, is lucky Ronaldo is in touch. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but no, I mean, like this is this is like a thing, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's got he's got forty forty plus goals in seventy eight caps for the Dutch, mm -hmm. and yet when you think about him in the same light as Clavert, as uh, Bergkamp, as Huntelaar, um, mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to see him as a better player. But I will give you just one more. One more fun little tidbit here, okay? Mm. And I have to give this credit. This is poached from Scout Eerdivisie on Twitter. So please go follow the guy. He's the one that put this together. Um, 17 of the Dutch team's last 19 goals mm -hmm. have been scored by somebody that has PSV Eindhoven pedigree, mm. okay? 17 of the last 19 goals. So you got Memphis Depay. You've got Bergvine. You've got Denzel Dumfries. You've got Danielle Malin. You've got uh, Arno Danjuma. I mean, we all think of Ajax as the development standard, right, in the Eredivisie, in the Netherlands in, in general. But you got to give a little credit to what PSV Eindhoven's doing here, okay? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, every one of those guys is considered a baller uh, in their own right. Mm -hmm. um, Danjuma is a late bloomer, but man, has he been phenomenal for Villarreal when he plays. Mm -hmm. So it, it is just funny to think like, when you look at it, if the Dutch can get everything together where they get that Ajax, that PSV Eindhoven, that Feyenoord spine back to their team, mm -hmm. right? Um, they could be very good for many, many years to come. And, uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. I, I, I hope that that comes back. <laughs> I think, and Eric Ten Hag, he can boost that development by getting players like De Jong, Donny, and Timber together yeah. at Man United. Mm -hmm. That there's a possibility too. So I like that shout to the Netherlands, and I'm gonna give a shout to Norway, okay? Because Norway oh. beats Serbia one nil, and who was the goal scorer? Oh, my no surprise, <laughs> Erling Haaland, okay? That has 18 caps for Norway. 16 goals already and i don't know who's the norwegian top goal scorer ever but i'm sure holland knows and he is eyeing up to be the norwegian top goal scorer ever but Slow. it's good to see it's good to see holland getting that responsibility with norway yeah. and odegaard holland like the future mm -hmm. of norway is really good too and uh, yeah yes. I'm, I'm hyped about that too and i just wanted to ask you i saw this yeah. question trendy on Twitter, and it's a it's a bold question to ask. And who do you believe will have mm. more career goals at the end, Kylian Mbappe or Erling Haaland? Who do you think will have more goals at the end of their what career, Kylian Mbappe the, the, or yeah. or Haaland? The age gap is what it's about the same as Ronaldo and Messi, right? Like yes. two years or a year and a half. Ah, yeah. oh, man. Uh, oh man, uh, Holland. I don't know if he's already showing cracks with the injuries. I, I still think Mbappe. Mbappe. So you're still going with Mbappe being the top yeah. goal scorer. He, he could surpass Ronaldo numbers maybe if he keeps. He could, I mean, if it, if it was per 90 minutes played, like if we're going to average it out right mm -hmm. over the amount of time paid uh, played, um, then I think Holland has a better shot. But Mbappe, man, I don't mm -hmm. know Mbappe. To me, he's already like, uh, it, it's just in, insane, his involvement level, 
right? Mm-hmm. And and how how important he already is, and he's still only twenty three years old, and and I think Holland's going to get there, but I think Holland mm-hmm. is going to suffer from the same thing Ibrahimovic suffered uh, on the international level um, longer term. They have a lot of phenomenal pieces on paper, but if Norway can't put it together, mm-hmm. then you could spend the next eight, 10 years of his career, uh, you know, never getting to actually play in front of the 2 billion plus that watch the World Cup. Um, you're always going to be playoffs. Like Ibra yeah. against Ronaldo, Sweden, Portugal. Yes. Those yes, playoffs. Yes, yes. Like that was a World Cup game itself, man. The intensity, yeah. the tension. Man, but I feel you though with Holland. I, I just believe that Norway... Like they really mm-hmm. have a like that's that's the thing. It's even with the under twenty ones, like Norway's yeah. winning everything. But uh, yeah. hmm, the future of Norway. Well, who, yeah, the, the future of Norway is it's like what Belgian Belgian. It's their golden generation. Mm-hmm. That's for dang sure. Sure. Um, it's just whether or not they can put it all together, and so far they haven't. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, they need to play more together, and they need Holland to to be healthy. Uh, and I, I was just racking my brain for who that all time. And I have a guess. I don't know if it's true, but wasn't there a guy, was it like Tor Andre Flo? You remember that name at all? Mm. I think he might've played for Chelsea for a while. He might've even played for Fulham. I don't know, but he was a hell of a player. If I remember correctly, or John Carew, uh, the six foot seven behemoth that I think played for uh, Rosenborg and Aston Villa back in the day. Anyway, I'm showing my age here. Um, but Hey, there was another one, and I only have a brief thing to uh, really say about this. But come on, Ralph Rangnick's first game as an you know Austrian manager. Um, <laughs> he leaves smile. United. He ends his consultancy, and he's got the biggest smile on his face, beating Croatia three zip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just amazing. Like all all of a sudden, you got a United team that can't score goals unless Ronaldo scores it. And then now you've got this Austrian team that goes up against a very good, generally Croatian spine, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you've got like, what's his name? Maximilian Wober, who plays for RB Salzburg, is start, like looking like Franz Beckenbauer out there. You got Marcel <laughs> Sabitzer, who couldn't see the field for Bayern, um, playing architect again. I mean, Conrad Leimer. Um, I, you know, Austria still has some pieces, but that's not what I'm talking about. The, the, the story is Ralph Rangnick, Gets his 3-0 win against Croatia, and let's be honest, that was surprising as hell. I was not expecting that at all. I know it was closer than that 3-zip, uh, but it, are there questions about Croatia? Everybody always talks about, oh, they're old and this and that. Well, we know they're not old. Mm-hmm. They still have one of the best midfields uh, on paper heading into this World's Cup. And who is it, right? It's Brozovic, it's Kovacic, and it's Modric, Right. <laughs> Then, I mean, oh, that's that's three great names, and even youngsters love Romager. I don't think he's a bad yes. one. Like Perisic, no. you can always put Perisic in midfield if you yes, need him. So it's like, oh yeah, God. they they really have a great team, great great core too. So people, if we missed anything with the national teams, put mm-hmm. down below and players to highlight, players to watch for the World Cup, and who do you think? was going to win the World Cup because that is always a conversation. But you mentioned Ralph Ragnick, the consultancy role that he's not going to have. And yes, it seems like Eric Ten Hag wants to take the responsibility of the transfers. And I'm going to talk about it. Frankie De Jong to 
Man United as we had Fabrizio Romano revealing that Donny van de Beek by no surprise is a very important piece for the future of Man United so I'm increasingly getting the vibe that Frankie is really going to Man United well, there's, say, uh, I would I would I would I don't know why he would uh from a sporting perspective but then again you know, I, I, I don't I don't know, man. But, you know, this Donny van de Beek, even if Fabrizio Romano <laughs> saying it makes it virtually a lock, right? But we've heard this. We've heard this before. We actually heard it when Ralph Rangnick came in that, oh, yeah, Rangnick really understands what van de Beek can do, and he's going to blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think, to be honest, something might be wrong with Donny van de Beek. Mm. Mm, I, I I believe Eric though he can do he can do magic with Donny though don't you reckon? You don't he's think not he's a wizard. Work? He's, he's not a wizard yet. <laughs> I I, I, I love, uh, it. love it. I don't know, man. I don't know. And uh, this is coming from Donny Van de Beek mm-hmm. when Ajax made that run in the Champions League. Donny Van de Beek was just amazing. He was a core part of that. I mean, he was at his yeah that De Jong that everything the league. That whole team was just so much fun, and Van de Beek was a massive part of that. Would I love to see it? 100%. I want to see him out of the cold and playing football, but he couldn't even have an impact on Everton. Okay. I, I don't know what's up. But if yeah, if you're trying to rescue him for financial reasons and, and to give him some value, or or he has no value, I guess, on the open market right now. So basically, you're left with having to rehabilitate him from a footballing perspective. I hope it can happen, but Eric Ten Hag has bigger fish to fry, Mm. right? He has bigger decisions than trying to get Van de Beek to be whatever guy we're all painting him as. But we, um, he's got bigger fish to fry, and unfortunately, I think for Van de Beek, he's going to again fall by the wayside, and I don't think he's going to be a part of United in the next year or two. I believe he's going to play Breton, though. I believe okay. in Donny. I'm going to believe in Donny. And yes, right. I do I do, I do. do understand the doubts, though. I really do. But I think Donny is going to be key. And I do think he's going to be a rotation role with James Gardner. Mm-hmm. I think James Gardner yeah. will be in that role, too. On the bench, definitely. And yeah, Frankie De Jong, though. I just want to highlight, though. It's a risk yeah. for Eric Ten Hag. Okay, he comes in. First transfer, 80 million. 80 million, okay? That's a, a huge risk, okay? Straight off the bat. So the expectations are high. But yeah. so Man United fans, you need time for change. So it's with transfers, though, that I see going Frankie. That's a good move, in my opinion. Then yeah. Mata may be leaving. Pogba's leaving. So the fact that I see Eriksen coming to, to yeah. Man United news, that for me, Eriksen... Rotating with Brun Fernandes, there's some games I, I know Eriksen would be better than Brun Fernandes, okay? Making those decision makings with the tempo. Maybe not in goal involvements, okay? He's not better than Brun, but playing Eriksen can be better in certain games. Definitely still at his age. So I believe he wants a, a core, an Ajax core there. Imagine if United can get Donny, Frankie, and Eriksen. And Eriksen at a certain stage. Eric Ten Hag plotting over there. That Ajax, uh, that Ajax vibe. <laughs> I just don't know why he didn't maybe from the get-go try and hijack the Ryan Gravenberg to Bayern. 
deal. Because, mm. uh, man, that would be a piece for long term. I know. And that's that, that really does come down to who the agent is uh, or, or, or well, was, I should say. Yeah. But um, ultimately, uh, what you just mentioned, right? Mata mm-hmm. leaving and then you've got others like Juan mm-hmm. Basaka, who obviously is not in the midfield. I mean, you are talking Sorry, about yeah. a whole lot of financial latitude mm-hmm. that United is going to have because with Pogba out of here, which I'm sure you might have a few more comments on, mm-hmm. um, that's almost, I believe, almost a million pounds a week. Oh, a, a week? Or is it a month? I think it's a that's week. It's getting wiped off the wage bill there. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he's going to have his wish. Uh, the issue is how long is it going to take to gel? Um, and who's even left behind, right? For the mm-hmm. most part, like who is workable um, that is left behind? But yeah, Fred, I Fred can play too with Eric Ten Hag. I believe, I believe Sanchez is going to be ridiculous with Eric Ten Hag. I think night and day. So that's the thing. Like Eric Ten Hag has a huge job to just improving the all these assets all these values and you touched right. the subject with that and maguire i think maguire is another <laughs> asset that everybody's looking at and saying we need we need to improve his value because we got him for 85 million like we need to yeah. solve this problem and i think ten Hag is already solving it by taking the captaincy role off maguire straight away because it's too much responsibility for him yeah. to handle in my opinion, okay, so that's a good start. Uh, that's a good start. Yeah, and what you you wanted to go to Ronaldo? <laughs> I think Ronaldo would be the best one. Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. I think he's or gonna back, stay. Uh, or Degue. Or Degue. Yeah. Or Degue. Yeah. But he's gonna stay um, one more year. One more year. So he's yeah. yeah, best player. United said he's the best player this season, which no surprise, man. No surprise. Twenty-four goals, carrying the team in the Champions League. Oh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, it is it is amazing to me. I mean, you brought up Harry Maguire, as you tend to do. You love to bring up Harry Maguire. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it is just amazing to me how many of these like high-profile moves, these like large, most expensive defender ever, right, when all is said and done, like how many of these actually wind up being worth it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because we're, you know, I don't mean to transition away from United, but like, obviously we've got Lukaku coming out now, uh, mm-hmm. or doing it through the media saying he wants to leave again. And you're now looking at Chelsea holding the bag on this 110, whatever it was, million euro deal. And I'm just like, if you go back through the annals of time and you look at all of these transfers that have happened, that were massive transfers, how many of them in retrospect would have actually been worth it at least when you spend a hundred million on a Ronaldo you know you'll make back the majority of that in jersey sales right even (laughs) if he's a dud on the field which he's never been but right but with like a Lukaku here okay there probably are a lot of jersey sales there too Mm -hmm. even if he's not the name that Ronaldo is Mm -hmm. but at the same time I mean we've now got Grealish we've got Hazard we've got Bale (laughs) Although Bale won them a lot of trophies, so True, you know, no, whatever. Bale, Bale, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Neymar, I Pogba. Think. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Dembele, I, I, like Griezmann. There's just so many that are in that top 10 or top 15 that you're just kind of like. Yeah, it makes you think that you don't want to make a big move. A big. A co- yeah. yeah, Coutinho. Oh, Coutinho was a tough one. 
But Liverpool, yeah. though, proves that they, when they make a big move with Alice and Van Dyke, it's with a lot mm. of scouting decision making. And that was sure. United. You never got that feeling that, oh, they got that move. Oh, great scouting. Maybe that law with, with Mourinho, because Mourinho Ooh. really wanted that law, as it seemed at the time. That was a good mm -hmm. move in terms of scouting. But ever since then, like, I don't see United making a lot of decisions that took a lot of scouting in them. So I, I, I agree yeah. with what you're saying. Maguire is a clear, clear example of what I'm saying right here. So... And, yeah. and Kunku, yeah, not even having files on him, that is a soft topic, I think. It should be for United yeah. fans. But mentioning Frankie de Jong going to United, so the money is going elsewhere, okay? To Barca, which they are mm -hmm. desperate to get it. But we have Fabrizio Romano saying that no way other clubs are gonna, gonna, gonna get Lewandowski, and it's a guaranteed transfer. This summer, Lewandowski and Barcelona. And yeah, it's, 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 it's the all-in of Laporta this summer. And I feel like the second deal that Laporta really wants, it's Rafinha. Yeah. Barca needs to get Rafinha and Lewandowski, okay? But I think with Rafinha, they can't give more than 40 million. So, that but, but like, what money is going to be left over for what actually needs to be addressed? And that's the defense. Mm. I think they're not going to invest too much. I'll be honest with you. I think free yeah. agents is going to be more of the, the investment with the defense. I do believe that there was a lot of news with a with a big caliber like Kolebali. Kolebali mm -hmm. was the news in the past, but right. seeing the financial situation, like if I was Barca, focus mm -hmm. on renewing Gavi. Okay, Gavi has to stay at Barca after seeing that game against Spain destroying Portugal midfield Gavi. That has to be the renewal <laughs> that they prioritize, especially if Chouameni goes to Real Madrid. Liverpool def is definitely interested in Gavi. Definitely, yeah. okay? Because Gavi at Liverpool would be just amazing. He'd fit the bill amazingly with Klopp, okay? And or should uh, or should Liverpool take PK? Okay, I'm not going to make these jokes. <laughs> well, that, I shouldn't make these jokes. Uh, well, we, don't, we don't need to talk about that. But, but PK, he has uh, a decision that 80 million yeah. Barca has yeah. to pay to PK. 80 Ooh. million or retire. And it's like a decision that has to go through. Like, I think it's financially he has to retire or that he gets the 80 million. So, like, oh my gosh, like a lot of money... From the captains, man. From the captains. Like, seeing the captains in the past few years for Barca. You see Sergio Roberto there. Alba, Pique. Yeah. Man, you see the spirit just leaving the club. And that's what Xavi wants to just boost this back. With having a Lewandowski there. A an el uh, um, Not an elder. But an aging player that wants to win. Yeah. Danny Alves too even wants to win more than Pique maybe. So... So it's well, it you know you could you could sign Lewandowski up you can sign whoever you want up and yet for for Barcelona the most excited I'm going to get mm. in the transfer market for them is one they've already made and that's Pablo Torre I can't wait for this kid right um, I feel like he is another Pedri in the making different different feel mm -hmm. uh, different position but uh, if you get a chance. Go look up, not not you in general, Alex. I know that you know who Pablo Torre is, but yes. definitely those that are listening, go check out Pablo Torre because uh, 
you will be in there. It was a, a very um, calculated, mm-hmm. smart move by the Barca uh, folk. And I really do think he's going to wind up being another phenomenal find for them. Um, so I don't know. I Like Lewandowski, you're right. You said this a long time ago, although you were trying to push Holland on me. <laughs> you were trying to push Holland to Barca on me, on me for a while. I, I, I uh, was Lewandowski... trying to push that to myself, I'll be honest with you. But Barca <laughs> saw that they didn't even have the money. Laporta yeah. was was fast to go out of the yeah. Holland news. So, but yeah, I feel mm. it. I got that one wrong. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, what what do you think Lewandowski's good for? Do you think he can do forty in La Liga or thirty five in La Liga, oh, or do you think it's more like twenty to twenty five? Oh, I think if Barca gets Lewandowski, I think Lewandowski mm-hmm. is definitely going to be in the top three for the Ballon d'Or next season. That is Goodness. definitely Ooh. in the top three for the Ballon d'Or next season. Yeah, and yeah. here's what I see. It's the rivalry here's, that's, La Liga that's, needs. Like, that's bold. Like, they yeah. need Benzema to go bold at Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and they need Barca at Lewandowski just going bold to an iconic rivalry building. Because Florentino Perez wants a strong Barca in the league. Yeah. He needs a strong Barca. Because if it's not a, if there's no strong Barca, there's no ratings. Nobody tunes into La Liga if Real Madrid is just going to win it every year easily. Yeah. So you need a strong Barca. Hey, and and yeah. Diego, Diego Simeone's just going like, what the heck? <laughs> Not again. Uh, true, but uh, I'll true. tell you what, I, I honestly do believe if Lewandowski signs, and it certainly sounds like he's going to for Barcelona, mm-hmm. um, I honestly think that it's Obama Yang that could wind up being one of the leading, if not the leading scorer for them. I just mm-hmm. think it's one of those attention paid type of situation uh, in La Liga. There, There's generally more of... Um, uh, I don't know how to put it tactically, I, I, but I honestly feel like so much attention will be paid on Lewandowski that it will be Obama Yang just cleaning up the mess every I think, time. I think they'll pay, play both at a certain time because I remember yeah. Dortmund played Lewandowski and Obama Yang. I remember growing up and seeing them both play together at Dortmund. So I believe yeah. tactics can be done for that and options. And with Dembele leaving, yeah. The, yeah. And that's a not, uh, much more of an opportunity for that to happen. But Rafinha, yeah. come on, go yeah. to Barca. Rafinha to Barca is the best one. Fati, Lewandowski, and Rafinha. That is the uh, attacking. That's, tri- that's the attacking trio that Barca fans should want to see. Mm-hmm. And but if Lewandowski is going to Barca, Bayern Munich, we all see the news nonstop now. That Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich, Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich. But there's another player that I want to highlight. And you mentioned when you talked about Austria. And I think Mm -hmm. Conrad Leimer will go to Bayern Munich because Julian Nagelsmann is a huge fan of Conrad Leimer. And he needs that role. He needs that role at Bayern Munich fixed, okay? And Leimer will do that with Bayern Munich. And I think Gravenberch... Leimer, Masrui. So Bayern Munich are starting to do bits in the transfer market too. So it's, it's they, looking good. Mane, woo, if Mane happens. Uh, I know. I, and hey, let's let's just... I know it's not transfer related, but let's talk about Sadio Mane for one second because mm-hmm. uh, yes. in AFCON qualification, he scores a hat trick. Mm-hmm. He becomes the all-time leading scorer for Senegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy has had himself one hell of a season, 
Um, to the point where I know it seems like he's leaving, right? He's mm-hmm. definitely leaving. He's basically stated he's leaving. And yet for some reason, right, there hasn't really been much progress in <laughs> him actually leaving just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still absolutely amazing um, to me that uh, what he has done for African football and for obviously Senegal in general. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this AFCON win, right? And he just had a hat trick just casually. I think it was two penalties uh, in order to overtake it. So wherever Sadio Mane goes, I hope he picks the right next step for him. Uh, But there is going to be a big gap in that Liverpool line. that's going to need to be plugged by somebody. And I just got to ask you, who do you think it's going to be? I love how you led up to that. And that's a huge vacancy, true. And I think Liverpool are considering a replacement. Definitely. Yeah. Because we already see a bunch of news, a bunch of yeah. news of the Captain America that is going to reunite with Jurgen Klopp, you reckon, Brenton, at Liverpool? I, yeah, you know, I hope so. I, I like this. I, I like this move. I mean, there is always the threat, just like it was at Chelsea, where, and with Tuchel, you're not on form, you're injury-prone, you're this. You might become a rotational, you know, Takumi Minamino or something. <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, I think Christian Pulisic, Jurgen Klopp can get the best out of Christian Pulisic. I don't know if you saw any. It was a friendly, but mm-hmm. him versus Morocco, he was Captain America. He was uh, that over-the-head touch. Uh, we mm-hmm. call that the Willie Mays, except it was with his foot. And <laughs> he was back to him, his best self. And uh, I do think that that could be a, a very good move for him. But, you know, he's going to have the question mark of injuries. Mm. whether or not he can stay healthy. And I don't know if you look at Sadio Mane um, mm-hmm. and you look at Mo Salah and you look at Luis Diaz, uh, their injury history, you know, isn't that crazy. And then you add in Roberto Firmino and yeah, there's a lot of injuries there, but mm-hmm. you need somebody sturdy to be able to play right. um, under Klopp. And I, well, I wonder if they'll do it. I, have, I like it. I have five names. So including oh. Pulisic. That can be yes. the replacement for Sadio Mane at Liverpool. So the first one, let's go. Christian Pulisic. Second, mm-hmm. I think, is a strong possibility is Rafinha that I was mentioning okay. with Barca. Yes. Third, mm-hmm. Anthony. I think Anthony mm-hmm. for Ajax is definitely, too, a possibility to go to Liverpool. Then fourth, okay. I'd say Nkunku because we all mm-hmm. know that Liverpool love a player from Red Bull's Leipzig because we also happen with Konate and Klopp with the Jäger pricing that he plays like Leipzig makes, makes a lot of sense and the, the the last player is staying in the league but I feel mm-hmm. like Klopp has been looking at him too and there's a possibility for Liverpool to get him it's a, it's a bit out there but it's Jared Bowen okay Jared mm-hmm. Bowen I think would be another player that Liverpool would snatch up and would just make a much better player than he actually is. So well, I think those uh, would be the five players that, yeah. that could replace Sadio Mane at Liverpool. I think those, all, what all, are those? What are those? I all good, all good names, and I honestly do believe that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that Jared Bowen one has gotten shot down so many times <laughs> by you know internet warriors out there defending the fact that Jared Bowen would never go to, from West Ham to Liverpool. Mm. Um, but man, does it also seem to fit in some respects. And I'll tell you what, 
that England-Hungary game, mm-hmm. if there was one player, if there was one silver lining for England, it was probably Jared Bowen getting his cap and also looking like the only person on the field that really wanted uh, to actually go for goal. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to spend too much time on it because there's I don't think Jared Bowen will go to Liverpool, but mm-hmm. I I like that more than I probably should. Um <laughs> And, but, and I just like Jared Bowen. The more I watch Jared Bowen play, sure, he has his limitations, but he's the perfect blend of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like uh, overcompensating for skills he doesn't have and having enough skills to actually, you know, get something done, if any of that makes sense. I, he's I, just a, he's I, like a blue collar player. He's very, very good. I agree, very good. I so. agree. And yeah, club with work rate players. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. always a really good, a really good mix with those two. And this is a player that I could have sent to Liverpool, but I didn't with the wingers. I know someone is, is screaming at the, in, at home say, you should have said Gnabry. I didn't say Gnabry to Liverpool. No. Because I believe, yes, that Arsenal have a chance to sign Serge Gnabry with Arteta, okay? I think there's a project there that can, can, can't convince Gnabry, and I believe that will happen too. So that's why I didn't mention Gnabry with the wingers. So I just wanted to say or, that too. And then Or maybe too. they... Dembele yeah, I didn't or, mention too, because I believe he'll go somewhere else too. But okay. Dembele would well, be... Dem, Usmane Dembele... Would be an mm-hmm. awesome player with Klopp. Klopp with yeah. Dembele, I legit think we could see remontada in his career and Ballon d'Or levels. Come, come back to Dembele. Look, I really... Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I believe there's a possibility of that with Klopp. But are you gonna wrap? Are you gonna wrap him in bubble wrap? How how do you <laughs> how do you plan on keeping this? Like, he's gonna have to be in a cryo chamber. Uh, 99% of the year uh, in order to get those levels from him. But yes, and Tuchel that, that would be... Tuchel with Ch- Chelsea yeah. is another club that is very focused, as it seems, in the market mm. to get Dembele. So, but the player too, uh-huh. I'm just going to say yeah. this too because I wanted to say, I wanted to put this on camera with Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. I do believe a big, huge yeah. name will come to Newcastle because they need to sell a ton of more jerseys and get that global marketing that they will with a huge blockbuster signing that I believe they will get or Neymar or they will get in the space of a year Mo Salah. I believe Mo Salah, if he goes as a free agent somewhere, Newcastle Hmm. would make him the most well-paid player in the Premier League. Newcastle would do that for Mo Salah. And if he leaves... Liverpool, I I think it's because of financial reasons. I can't see another reason okay. why. So well, there. Uh, I I, really I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what actual paycheck they would have to give him based on that because they just dropped what thirty, maybe even forty million mm-hmm. yes. on uh, Hugo Ekatike, who who literally is you know just had his breakout season, <laughs> just had his breakout season. You know so. Um, Hugo Egetike, no lie, could wind up being in a massive steal. Like exactly. he has, if you look at him, you watch him, uh, he has every ability uh, to potentially be world-class in mm-hmm. so many different regions. Uh, but 
he's not there yet. And you're already spending as much as you are on a five-year deal, which I like. I like that they're doing this. He comes from Stade de Rheem, mm-hmm. Rem, Rem, I don't yes. know how to say it. And, okay. and he has impressed a lot of people, not, you know, also including a certain guy that knows what he likes. And that's a Thierry Henry. He's impressed him to no end. Um, so mm-hmm. Hugo Ekatike, I mean, he is a great idea of a signing that they should be making from a building blocks perspective mm-hmm. for the future. But at the same time, that's exactly what we're looking at when it comes to Newcastle having to secure anybody in the open market. It's true. Anybody it's in the true. open market. It's true. That's a lot of money for a relatively unproven striker. It's true. And, and they're signing on potential. They're signing on. I think yeah. it's I think it's 36 million like uh, euros. Mm. The Ugo Ekitike. Yeah. Right. So just so I don't get it wrong. And he's the striker. Yeah. Uh, and he's got an interesting stat with him that he is the teenager with the most league goals in the top five leagues. So Newcastle mm-hmm. have their scouting top notch by getting Ugo Ekitike. I my days. This is a hard name to get. Him and and hey, you ready for this? At least he didn't. Borussia Borussia Dortmund wanted him, and then you have to say Hugo Ekitike. And Nico Schlotterbeck. Oh my so. gosh, I, Sch- Schlotterbeck and Ugo Ekit. I can't, those are too so difficult. Those are so difficult. But well, ballers, it, both of them. But ballers. Just call him Hugo. We'll call him Hugo. <laughs> Ugo and Nico. Uh, Ugo and Nico. Yeah, yeah, Balling. yeah. Well, he also, I, I believe, and I think I'm stretching here from a statistic perspective, but I think he also averages the most goals per shot. So basically, uh, and that's across the top five leagues and that's across all ages. I think it's like 0.31. So that means like 31% of the time when he shoots, mm-hmm. it's a goal. Okay. Um, and that beats a lot of other players out there, but it's also a pretty small sample size. You want to see that uh, beyond, beyond, you know, a, a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I really, I don't know. I doubt Newcastle will do this, but it would kind of make sense to loan him back maybe for a year. Um, no, no, no. They wanted immediately. But, they needed immediately. Yeah, they they, they spent a lot of money. <laughs> so true. yeah, I agree with you. I think they do need them immediately as backup to you know, yeah, Chris Wood. <laughs> uh, no, but and, uh, and I just wanted to say this: another player, English player. Mm-hmm. You mentioned fast with England, Sterling. Mm-hmm. Sterling will have after this summer only one more year in his contract with Man City. So that mm-hmm. is another player that I believe can be offered a huge contract with Newcastle at the end of not this season, but the next season, if he doesn't move this summer with City. So it's like Liverpool. Yeah, that I could see happening. Yeah, you see. see, So Salah and Sterling, both these Mm -hmm. players, not this summer, but the other summer, will be free agents. So the, um, the big contracts will come. I believe they yeah. will come. So I just wanted to, to with the transfers, I wanted to mention Vidal. Vidal going to Flamengo, okay? <laughs> Two-year oh. contract, okay? Palmeiras with Flip Net. Uh, Flip Mel, okay? Palmeiras go Flip Mel. And Vidal, new Flamengo, okay? So that's, that's, that's going to be some great matches to watch. For physicality, oh. next level. And yeah. yeah, I see AC Milan. I think they're going to get Hnat <laughs> Sanch. Gnat Sanch, I think he's closer than ever to go to AC Milan and Rafael Yao. Get that extension, okay, if they're getting 
your boy not such the partner up with Tonali. Okay, that work rate yeah. in midfield, Tonali and Gnat is gonna be amazing. Gotta say that yep. too. And I believe there's gonna be another decision done with AC Milan between Zaniolo. Yeah. I was mentioning before Zaniolo. Yes. That there's a lot of uh, news that he will leave Roma, but we don't mm -hmm. know. Or Charles mm -hmm. de Ketteler, which for me is the ideal transfer for Asa Milan this summer. For me, Charles de Ketteler is the guy. Is the guy. Not okay. Noah Lang, Charles de Ketteler. I think Asa Milan should, go should gun for him. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't need to regurgitate the Noah Lang quotes mm -hmm. over the last few weeks about <laughs> how he's the best player this best player that but yeah uh, you you do you Noah um, <laughs> but no I, I really like the Charles Dequetelier shout and mm -hmm. AC Milan is one obviously we're going to have to watch and obviously Inter and Juve yes. around them uh, but I do have to mention here mm. uh, a stud an absolute stud who's still only thirty one years old. Uh, is leaving Syria, and this was announced a while back, but it's actually happening now. Mm. And that's Lorenzo and Senior <laughs> will leave Syria and is headed to Toronto FC. And you probably say, Breton, we already knew that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's happening, meaning that the actual uh, date is here. And this is a guy, you know, he has in over 400 appearances for Napoli. Okay. He has managed like 120 plus goals. Almost 100 assists. He's the captain of Napoli and Toronto getting him uh, pretty much in his prime. I don't think it's that crazy to say that he's still very close, maybe on the upper edge of his prime, mm -hmm. uh, but still very, very much ready to contribute. Um, I am going to be very, very interested to see how he uh, takes to Major League Soccer. But I did need to mention that because that is a big deal, mm -hmm. him leaving Napoli when literally any other team in Serie A probably would have killed to have a Lorenzo Insigne um, on their roster. Very but uh, the other one... Mertens, like mm -hmm. Napoli legends, mm -hmm. like great players. And great they got to replace them. I don't know how you replace these guys. True. I know you've got Alif Elmas. I know you've got some, some guys... Kavisha's coming, right? Kavisha. Yeah, but like... Expectations. Yeah, there's, they, need, they need to maybe invest a little more. And um, I don't... I don't know what's going to happen there, but I did want to bring up, you probably saw this and over the next few weeks, it likely won't be Chelsea. We're talking about, it won't be really Barca or, or Bayern or Liverpool. It'll probably be PSG. Why? <laughs> because Luis Campos is on his way in the door. It sounds to us like the, the uh, Pochettino is gone mm -hmm. and uh, he will have to fill the gaps. And from what I'm hearing uh, and from his history, Luis Campos isn't necessarily about to tap Zidane. Uh, he's probably going to go bring somebody he knows, and that's my guy. That's my guy. And watch out. If it's Christophe Gaultier, watch out because I think he could build um, mm -hmm. a Im impressively perennial uh, championship team mm -hmm. that uh, uses the youth to win League One every year and uses the stars to destroy European football in maybe a good way. I don't know, but I really hope that that happens because I want to see it. I, I want to see what Gaultier can do with PSG. I, I, I think Luis comes by getting that role, the sports and director <laughs> role with Anthony Henrique, working those business too with him on the side. I think there's a real strong possibility that they tried Mourinho at Roma. Yeah. I believe they did try Mourinho at Roma. 
but Christopher Galtier is the best chance for Mbappe to win the Champions League with Wieskamp too. I yep. agree with you with that, Bretson. Be and, <laughs> and, and and something that would come with Christopher mm -hmm. Galtier being the manager of PSG, a lot more French players would play for PSG. I know yes. Mbappe will definitely want a French core there. And yep. I, I believe that that will be the case. I believe that will and, be uh, the and, case. And to add to that, to add to that, I, I gotta say, yeah, mm -hmm. start with, right, giving a shot to Warren Zaire, hmm. Emery, the, the French, Jeez. just a quick shout out to the French U17 team. Well. Uh, they did win. Yeah, they, they played very well. Uh, they won in the end. They had some hiccups here and there, but there is so much talent. So much talent. I, I honestly, France. I don't know. We could sit here and we we could probably spend an hour listing kids that have world class potential in France. And um, I, I only I only hope one day, even if it's thirty years from now, even if it's on my deathbed, I only hope one day that I could spend an hour listing amazing t American talents uh, in the footballing world. Um, but man, France. France did it. Uh, There's a so possibility. Congrats to them. There's a possibility. Big, big time investment. So <laughs> that yeah. you're gonna have a huge match, like the most most viewed match in U.S. football history, maybe sports mm. history, like in the U.S. Man with England yeah. versus USA after Thanksgiving, right? That might be yep. the most watched game ever in sports. It's football. gonna be. Jeez, that's gonna, it's be, gonna bold. be epic. Bold. I remember, <laughs> I remember being in Philadelphia, uh, in Center City, Philadelphia. They shut down like, like I don't know, a half mile of a major street. They put up a massive screen, you know, one of those fan zones. <laughs> yes. For the last time, the USA played England when uh, Robert Green gifted us a goal, uh, <laughs> and we ended up tying that game or drawing that game, I should say. Sorry, uh, but uh, man. 2026 Love here it. in the States is going to be absolutely insane. And hopefully at that point we'll have millions of followers <laughs> and you and I will be doing fan zones everywhere and in, uh, in and around the U S but With there's the a lot of football to be had until then. Fuck. Um, Fuck. So if there's so. any transfer that we've missed out, put down yeah. below the transfer and yeah, put a rating, talk about that transfer and why do mm. you reckon it's happening? So just so we end now, we have a quick segment of mm -hmm. underrated 11 of the season. Okay, players we think are underappreciated and we believe mm -hmm. they deserve a shout by being in our 11. So you want, to, you want me to get it started? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to list the 11 and then go through them uh, or do you want to go through them and then list the 11? I'll, I'll Defense, midfield, attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sounds the good. 11. Okay, so with All my right. defense, I'm going to start with Lafon. Okay, at mm -hmm. goalkeeper. Then my left nice. back is Sergio Gomes next to mm -hmm. Dan Byrne, Diego Carlos, and Nof of Dortmund. Um. All these five players, in my opinion, are extremely underrated. Lafon, for me, should have been the goal the best goalkeeper in Liga this season. Okay, in the league he had like eight clean sheets for Nunch, and he was absolutely mm -hmm. crucial. Sergio Gomes for underlect. He's got mad assists, okay? His inf goal involvements are unbelie unbelievable. And for a Spanish left back, he should be talked more. Dan Byrne, yeah. if Newcastle are, did an amazing final run in the Premier League, it was because of that leadership at the back from Dan Byrne. Sure. And yeah, Diego Carlos, 
Like, people should talk more about the move of Dirk Carls to Aston Villa. And he doesn't uh, get the rep that he should. So, that's why he's underrated too. And no, for me, yep. he's going to be key, key, key player for Dortmund. Uh, leveling Tomas Rui at Bayern Munich. North of yeah. Dortmund. So, yeah, this is my defense. <laughs> That's a that's a solid defense, and uh, Diego Carlos is one. Obviously, we talked about when we did this earlier in the season, much earlier in the season. Uh, so I love that that was your shout. Um, and Sergio Gomez, uh, I don't even is he originally a left back, a left wing back? No, he wasn't. I mean, I, he was a, he uh, wasn't offensive midfielder at Barca. Right. I remember right. watching it under seventeen. Uh, World mm -hmm. Cup that Foden was <gasps> just brilliant. Yeah. Sergio Gomez yeah. was the guy with Juan Miranda and Abel Ruiz yeah. in Spain. So yeah. I love that shout then because uh, yeah, he's he's up there. He's really up there. And Lafont, thank you. I was <laughs> I, I, I can name somebody else now, mm -hmm. um, but Alvin Lafont. Um, they also won the cup this year. They also won the cup, and Lafont. Uh, you know, Nantes were very close to getting relegated a couple seasons ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then they turned it around this season and having that consistency in the back, Lafont, who I believe is still 23. Yeah. Um, absolutely impressive. And he had, remember he went to like Syria and <laughs> at Fiorentina, barely saw anything. Cause I forget who it was Dragowski or mm -hmm. Dragovic. I don't know, Dragovic. but there was a Serbian goalkeeper that was absolutely phenomenal that just kept him out of the, out of the goal. So LaFont has found a home and I'd love to see not uh, continue to do well. So I'm going to say somebody different, but I did have LaFont. Mm. Um, my defense is, and this is kind of cheating. Uh, my goalkeeper is Mike Mignon, right? Okay. AC Milan. I don't care if people think he's one of the best goalkeepers on the planet right now, <laughs> because for the majority of that season, he did not get the credit he deserved. And I still think the impact that he had for AC Milan, especially after Donnarumma left, uh, is insanely underrated. Okay. Uh, so my goalkeeper is Mike Mignon. My left back is Philip Kostic, left wing back, Philip okay. Kostic um, for uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, seven mm -hmm. goals, 15 assists, uh, had an assist in the, in the final. They won their first uh, final in many, many years, a Europa League final against Rangers. Mm -hmm. I believe he even scored in the penalty kick shootout. My two center backs are kind of cheating as well, but I, I have to bring up uh, Joel Matip for Liverpool um, ah. as we have a little bit this season, <laughs> but he has been insanely invaluable to them from a depth perspective. Um, and at many times, many times he was a better center back. For, for certain periods of the season uh, for Liverpool and Pierre Kalulu for AC Milan uh, in there as well. Now he's interchangeable Good for show. me, Kalulu or Tamori. I don't care which one you put there, but I mm. really think Kalulu, he leads the top yeah. five league, uh, top five leagues in percentage of dribblers um, mm -hmm. successfully tackled. And then at the right back, uh, right wing back, I'm going to go with 29 year old Jonathan Klaus. Uh, who plays for Long in um, in League One, mm -hmm. um, and he at 29 earned his first Le Bleu call up, uh, mainly because he was easily uh, the best right wing back in League One, and that's even counting a certain Akraf Hakimi uh, and some others there. Klaus has been class all season in League One, uh, so I felt he deserved um, to be there. Um, mm -hmm. Who dropped off? 
Mark Cucurella, obviously. I think he's become more of a known quantity throughout most people. And I said him four or five months ago, my love for Mark Cucurella has not shifted. I still believe in him a whole lot, but I wanted to make sure that the whole season taken into account here, um, these are five guys that that have been just so, so solid. So I love, solid. I love so. that Costage show. I love that Costage yeah. show. So, midfield, I got it. Okay. So, three midfield. My three in mm -hmm. midfield. Okay. I'm going to say Sangare at the CDM yeah. slot because in the yeah. Visa <laughs> with PSV, this man was mm -hmm. unstoppable. Most interceptions, most tackles. If Roger Schmidt did something with PSV, it was because Sangare was the anchor mm. in midfield. Okay. So, I go Sangare. Then my other midfield, I'll go with Orkun Koksu. He is mentioned, nice. okay, a couple of weeks. We do mention him with Feyenoord especially. Uh, having a great goal involvement, okay, in Eredivisie. And yep. for Feyenoord to be in the Conference League final, Koksu was absolutely key. And that man is a genius with both mm -hmm. his feet. And for me, he definitely deserves a move out of Feyenoord. Orkun Koksu. And my third midfielder is one of the most underrated midfielders ever in the history of football. Ever in the history of football. And that's why I'm so I, I feel so confident to put it in this team. And it's Dani Parejo. Dani Parejo of Villarreal. That if Villarreal were <laughs> would have surprised the world in the Champions League, it was because uh -huh. of Dani Parejo. And I remember this man at Valencia. Year, year in, year out, just being sure. the, the man that made Valencia stay relevant. And the moment he leaves, the ship just sinks badly. And Villarreal is now coming up. So it's because of Dani Parejo. So, yeah. That's, I love that. I love that shout. I love that shout. Yeah, Dani Parejo. I, to be yeah. honest, it has everything to do with the media in, in our neck of the woods, they don't cover La Liga the oh. same way they cover, say, the Bundesliga or the Premier League. Got to be um, And you almost always forget, at least on in our neck of the woods, unless you're following exclusively that Donny Parejo <laughs> uh, is such a, a stud um, and so consistent. But mm -hmm. I don't have him in my midfield. I had a feeling you were going to <laughs> include him, so I kind of left him off. And I am going to um, go with three different ones. Okay. Um, my midfield, uh, my youngster, is uh, going to be, and this is going to be a little surprising, it's going to be Jude Bellingham. Ah! What? Just, <laughs> yes. Um, I still believe that even though everybody sees him as Mr. World Class, I still believe he's insanely underrated. That's simple. Okay? He just really remains underrated, in, in, in my opinion. He's so big. He's so important to a second-place side, Dortmund. He's still – he, not still. He already is incredibly important to what England's likely going to do in the World Cup, whether they sink or swim. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just – I was throwing around names like, you know, Bruno and his impact or um, – uh, Guimaraes, that is not Fernandez, ah. or, or, <laughs> or either or a Matteo Guendouzi for uh, for Marseille and what he's done this year, incredibly progressive. But it always came back to like this kid at his age was the leader in in many respects of Bo Russia Dortmund mm -hmm. at, at 18 years old. Like I'm just looking at it, like either in 10 years time nobody's gonna know his name because he 
he uh, he escapes the pressures of football and retires at 25 or something, or this kid is going to be a, a pretty legendary figure. I just honestly I believe, believe that at 18 years old, he doesn't still doesn't get enough credit for the poise and and his his ability to to know what he's weak at and mm-hmm. and work on that weakness uh, and what he's and knows how to play to his strengths at 18. That IQ that's not given to everybody. Right. That is just not given to everybody. And um, so I didn't mean to spend so much time on Jude, but I knew it would be maybe a minorly controversial with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jude Bellingham, I still believe, is very underrated. My next one is Marcelo Brozovic, uh, Inter Milan. Uh, I guess he's not really underrated if he just won best midfielder in Serie A. Mm, but, he is, and he earned himself a new deal. But I do believe, yeah. And I think you and I have agreed on this because, you know, when you don't necessarily talk about him, it means mm-hmm. he's incredibly effective at his job. <laughs> and he's doing what he needs to do. But what I love about him is that he can pop up an offense. Mm-hmm. Um, he can make a hard tackle, get stuck in. Uh, he's insanely smart um, mm-hmm. with it. He knows how to get forward, his positioning, his awareness. Everything about him is just class. And that's Croatia. That's why Croatia is probably not going to get beat by, you know, 3 nothing by Austria in the World Cup. I know they don't play in the World Cup. But they're not going to get beat 3 nothing in the World Cup because he's part of that midfield. My uh, AM, my attacking mid, is going to be Marco Royce. Okay? Marco. Under the radar. Under the radar. No, he's not under the radar, right? But he's 33 years old. He uh, posted, I believe it was 13 goals, 19 assists this year. Barely a peep about him. That same Barely as Messi, 13 him. goals, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But he's, he's third in the top five leagues. In goal scoring actions, he's up there with Mbappe, he's up there with Salah and Kunku with Mueller. Obviously, I just cherry picked a stat, but if you go to several other stats, Marco Royce is there. Marco Royce is there, and he has been. I know everyone gets worried about his injuries, right? Mm-hmm. But he has been there time and time again for Dortmund this season. And 13, posting 13 and 19 as a 33 year old, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could have put Thomas Mueller there, who's done the same thing. But he didn't have the, the insanity that was Dortmund, the revolving door that was Dortmund in terms of the, uh, the medical department um, and to deal with. And Marco Royce has been nothing short of class uh, for Dortmund this season. So Bellingham, two from Dortmund. Bellingham, Brozovic, and Royce by midfield. I like that midfield. So forwards, <laughs> that trio. Okay, you I'll go forwards. I'll go first. So with my trio... Up forwards with Charles de Ketzeler, oh. Olivier wow. Giroud, oh, and okay. Ricardo Duarte. For me, nice. all these three are extremely underrated. Ricardo Duarte, nobody would mention him, okay, before that mm. Portugal goal. But we did say that he was Braga's top ever goal scorer. Yep. So, like, he is incredibly underrated and he will go to Benfica. Olivier Giroud seems to win. Uh, Champions League. Uh, he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, he, he has won like he's won the Serie A with AC Milan this season. The Scudetto. Oh, yeah. Like and if AC Milan win the Scudetto, it's with a huge influence of Olivier Giroud. So that's why I put him here. And yeah, Charles de Ketzeler yep. because for me, he's one of the best, the one of the best young talents in the world, and he needs to mm-hmm. be put in that conversation more. Often, and it's because he's at Club Bruges that he isn't in that conversation. I'm saying Charles de Ketzeler is as good as the best 
youngsters in the world. Okay, I really believe he's gonna be the, one of the best players in the world, Charles de Quetzal. Wow. For me, that's why he's underrated. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So is uh, Ricardo Orta going to be the next? Uh, I, I know he's not as young as Nuno Mendes, but is he, is he going to be the next Nuno Mendes? No. Because he no, doesn't. No. It doesn't roll off. It's uh, no, roll no, off no. your tongue. Nuno Mendes. The same. What now? Like Nuno Mendes. When, when I say that a Portuguese player is going to be the next, he's going to be the best yeah. in that position, and Nuno Mendes will <laughs> be the best left back in the world. In three years, I believe that I've been saying that nonstop, uh, and we'll keep on saying it. <laughs> Love Fonzie, it. Fonzie's gonna have something to say about that, mm. but I, I hear you. All right, well, my front uh, three, we have a completely different front three, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that um, because I, I see that yours, why yours are deserved, and mm-hmm. um, mine, I think, might be a little more statistically based. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go with my left wing. I'm gonna go with Martin Terrier. Uh, Stad Rene, yes. I know we all talked about Jeremy Doku. We talked about uh, Kamaldin Sulemana and how they were just going to tear up the wings. Mm-hmm. Injuries have kind of kept that from being a reality in a transition period for Sulemana. But uh, Martin Terrier has been ridiculous for mm-hmm. uh, Stad Rene this season. He's got 21 goals. I think 19 of them are non-penalty goals, mm-hmm. four assists. At one point, uh, to lead them to fourth place, he had a run of games where he scored eight and seven. Um, Mm -hmm. And they had, they by far, they were the second most dominant team from an attacking perspective uh, behind only one. And the one that was above them had Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. So Stad Rene obviously um, was led by Martin Terrier, and I believe uh, he didn't get another shout. And if I didn't have him here, uh, I'd have Rafael Leao. But my striker is Wissam Ben Yedder. I could not get out of League One because if you look at what he did for Monaco, and I get it, he scores a lot of penalties, but he never misses. Um, And he scores wherever he goes. He really does. Any team. You you look at his history, he's phenomenal. 32 goals this year, 7 assists in 41 games for Monaco. He was named Monaco's captain at some point. I don't know when during the season. And he ran it all the way through to the end. They finished second in the league. Um, Mm -hmm. And he somehow goes up here uh, mainly because I think he's one of those guys that could be, as he ages more, an Olivier Giroud for people, Mm -hmm. right? I believe like he, wherever he goes, it's going to be on a title contending um, top team Mm -hmm. that can, uh, that needs a guy as prolific as Ben Yedder. So he's been just amazing and that i picked him over tammy over schick over uh uh uh, son i know son is a little outdated (laughs) because although i'm still pissed he didn't get named for the pfa thing but you and you and carvalho talked about that so i'm I'm glad you guys had as much anger about that as i did because that that just makes no sense to me but anyway so left wing terrier striker ben yetter right right wing is Domenico Berardi for Sassuolo. Um, I made the mistake of not putting him in our team much earlier this season because he's been doing it all season for them. 15 goals, 17 assists. Uh, He was stunning against Inter Milan and AC Milan this season. I think they beat them both Mm -hmm. away. I think they beat them both at the San Siro or whatever it's called now. Um, And he even, you know, did all this. I think he missed five to seven games, Serie A games this season. And he essentially averaged a goal involvement plus uh, every match. So Domenico Berardo, I don't understand what is keeping an Inter, an AC, a Napoli, any one of these big dogs 
to go into Sassuolo, pick him up, put him in their starting 11, and then just let him do things. I don't understand why nobody's doing it. Yeah, but so. just do it. <laughs> <laughs> true. I get you, though. Yeah. It's true. So the 11, I'm going to say my 11 just so we have it. My 11 yeah. of most underrated 11 this season has Lafon, Sergio Gomes, Dan Byrne, Diego Carlos, and at the right, Noff. Then the three in midfield, Sangare, Dani Parejo, and Orkun Koksu. And the three in attack, Ricard Warte, Olivier Giroud, and Charles de Ketzeler. So that is my most underrated 11 this season. Mm. I think my team could beat yours. Oh, no, no, let's see. All right, my underrating, my underrated eleven is uh, goalkeeper Mike Mignon from AC Milan. Left wing back Philip Kostic, Frankfurt. Two center backs are Matip and Kalulu. Right wing back is Jonathan Klaus from Lens. Then Lone, I should say. My midfield is Bellingham, Brozovic, and Marco Royce. Two from Dortmund. And at the attack, I've got on the left Terrier. Up top, Ben Yedder, and at the right, Berardi. Um, that is, 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 is I like that Berardi shout at the end. I think it does. It yeah. does juice. It, it it makes sense. So people, put down below your underrated 11s. And yeah, who, which team would win? Would my team win or would Brett's team win? So my if team. you're listening to episode 59 until now. Please do not forget to like this video and follow us on Spotify so we can go up the charts. And thank yes. you. Thank you for going bold and listening to us until now. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you for going bold, people. <laughs>